Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Are we closer to the second coming of Jesus than 2,000 years ago? Oh, well, it's okay, Pastor Mike. No big deal. It is a big deal. So let me just challenge you in a loving way. If your attendance is really spotty, you need to say to God, God, help me. Put God first, and he'll honor you, especially parents with your kids, because they learn from you what's important in your life. There's a tendency for most people to take for granted situations as they become more familiar and routine. It's easy to get comfortable with the rhythm of your life and to begin to kind of just cruise through your daily existence. Pastor Mark will be teaching that it's possible to become this way in your church attendance as well. You can forget the actual reason you go to church services in the first place and to let other things in life crowd church attendance out. You'll be reminded what the purpose of going to church is, the benefit it has for you and those you interact with. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 as he continues his message, Biblical Truths in Action in a Church Family. God doesn't want any of you to have a sinful unbelief and you turn from God. Now, what he's saying is you've stopped growing and maturing to be more like God. And he says, I want to warn you. What Paul is saying is this. And by the way, he's saying it to all of us today. Jesus is always moving on. But we decide to take a different path. Remember what Jesus said to us, follow me. There's the path, follow me. But if we're not careful, we can get sidetracked. And all of a sudden, we've come, well, we've just gotten off the path. We're doing our own thing. Nothing good will happen in our lives if you're not following Jesus. Now, I'm not saying you lost your salvation, but you can't be led by God if you're doing your own thing. And Paul's warning them. Now, ask yourself this morning, Are you still following Jesus? Or have the cares of the life kind of got you to the side? It's time to get back in line as a family. Come on back home. All of us sometimes in little ways do that. We get off doing our things. The second thing we see is this. Jesus is moving on, but we are standing still. In reality, people think, well, I'm still doing with God. Let me just show it like this. Here's Jesus. I should have somebody up here to do it. Here's Jesus. He's moving on. Okay? 
And here's a person that's a Christian. They're not maturing in their walk. They got sidetracked with all the cares of life, how fast life is and all that kind of thing. Here's a person back here. And I'll just use this as an example. Jesus is moving on and I'm here. And a lot of people say, well, it's fine. I can still see him. I'm good. I'm good. The farther he goes, what happens to my relationship with God? Well, I'm, I'm the same. No, you're not the same. The distance is greater every single day. And pretty soon, where's he at? That's exactly what Jesus is saying. Where are you? Are you following me? Let me ask you yourself. Maybe you've got off the road. Maybe you just have stopped. And you find out, well, I'll drop by church whenever. I'll open my Bible when I get a chance. No, people think it's okay. We're never going forward unless you are really going forward. You don't just sit. You go backward, backward. No, I'm fine, Pastor Mark. No, you're not. He's farther away from you than he's ever been. We don't catch up by sitting. We catch up by following. So ask yourself, how are you doing? Are you in close relationship with God as you were? Or is it time to go, whoops, let me get up, let me go back and start growing as a Christian again? Now, here are three keys to make sure you're growing spiritually and going forward. Not getting off on the side and not just sitting and kind of going through the whole thing of church. You see, sometimes we have to be very careful in our church that we become nothing but spectators. You see, if a church is spectators, that means you're here for an hour and a half. Hey, way to go, Bomber. The crowd music was good. You're good. Great, great, great. See you in a few weeks. No, you do that at a football game. Here, we leave, and when we leave here, we go to the mission field. We're taking our gifts. We're ministering to people. We're serving in the church. Do you get the difference? That's why Paul wrote to the church. Are you growing? Are you maturing? Are you getting better in your walk with God? Let me give you three things. Look what Paul writes. I just say Paul because I think he wrote Hebrews, but he may not have. Here we go. See to it, brothers, sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart. We already read that. That turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily as long as it's called today. Watch this. So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Here's what you want to write. Christ followers need to be aware of the deceitfulness of sin. Satan's a great deceiver. He will always tempt you, but he will not tempt you and tell you what the result if you follow him. He'll always lie to you. You know, that church says you can't do this, you can't do that, and you can't do this kind of thing. You have to obey God's word. That's ridiculous. Come on, follow me. Let's get free. I'll show you freedom and joy and peace. It's never true. He's a great deceiver. So sometimes we just slowly drift away in our walk with God. And Satan will say something like this. Everybody's doing it. What's the big deal? Well, it is a big deal. See, we can get discouraged, we can get depressed, we can get caught up in this fast place of life. All of a sudden, we're isolated from our friends, and we soon discover that somehow we stop growing. Maybe that's you at our campuses today. Somebody will say this to me from time to time. Pastor Mark, 
Thanks a lot for that warning of being hardened by the deceitfulness of Satan. But that will never happen to me. Really? Guess who's already been deceived? Right there. Don't ever say that. All of us can be deceived. Satan is way smarter than you and me. But God's word warns us. Don't go there. I love this verse. I found it in Psalm 17.5. My steps have stayed on your path. I have not wavered from following you. Yes. That's where I want you to go. That's where I want to go. Let's stay maturing, growing followers of Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen? Come on. Let's go what we should be doing. But encourage one another. How often? What is daily? Man. Well, that means people in your home, people that were Christians. And notice, here's number two. I must be, as a Christian, connected to others in a small group. See, encourage others. Well, it's going to be my home, but this is our church family. I have to encourage you. Now, to encourage you, remember, God designed us, number one, to believe. And number two, God designed us to belong. See, believing is not enough. You're not to do church alone. You're not to do life alone. We're to believe and belong. So God designed us to have people with him. We have the Holy Spirit leading us, but God designed humans to help us. And there's those times that I just need somebody to make sure I'm accountable. Check up on me. How am I doing? We were created to be in community. You were not uh, created. I'm talking to a dead church. Is that all right? All right. There's nobody perfect. See if we go. (laughs) You were created not to be a lone ranger. But some of you are. That's why you're not growing. You have nobody to share with. You have to be a person that can open yourself. We are commanded to encourage one another. When you see that happening, you and I have to obey that command And the only way to do that is to be authentic, to be open. And the early church had a word, I told you, together is better. They just hung together. Now, let me just encourage you really quickly. When you know people in the church family, and maybe you see them at church or out shopping or in the neighborhood or whatever, and you see them, and you say to them, how you doing? And they say, fine. And you look at them and you're going, Mm-mm. You know, the Spirit helps you. Like, something isn't really right there. What should I do? I should just stop and say what? Let me encourage you. Let me encourage you. Let me just pray for you. Is there anything I can pray for? No, I'm doing fine. Okay, then you just have to walk away. But see, if you're hurting, you need somebody to help you. They've seen it. Be open to it. We all hurt. We're family. We operate together. So when you see that happening, just step out in faith and encourage that person to be who they need to be. Now, look at this warning from the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 10, 24. Let us think of ways to motivate, not just encourage, to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us, let's read it together, not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, let's read this, especially now, 
that the day of his return is drawing near. What is that writer commanding the local church to do? It shouldn't be hard for you to see. That person is saying to the local church, you need to be regularly in church, encouraging one another. Don't neglect meeting together. I want you to look at me. This is where a pastor admonishes people, just like you see it. Now, this verse was written how many thousands of years ago? 2,000 years ago. What is that pastor saying to the church? You're neglecting coming to church on a regular basis. 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years. Same problem we have today. Am I right? See, what's happening in our world, and we're not legalistic, but what's happening in our world. When I was being raised, Sunday, you went to church. Not anymore. It's every two or three weeks. And when you come to church, what's the purpose of coming to church? Being a family, worshiping together, being fed the word of God. So this is written 2,000 years ago. It says, don't neglect meeting together as some people do. So they had to challenge the people then because life gets busy. Now, they didn't have soccer leagues and all that stuff back then, but they had all kinds of things. And pretty soon, guess where God comes? Third, fourth, fifth place. And I'm first place. Can I challenge you in a loving way? How's your attendance at church? Oh, Pastor Mike, I really don't need this much. Really? That's wrong. Do you know, I want to read you something. Who is our role model in Christianity? Who's our role model? God. Here's Jesus. Watch what Jesus says. He was somebody that led our role. Where does he go, Jesus? He went to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up, Jesus, and on the well, what was the Sabbath? It was Saturday. On the Sabbath, every fourth week, he went. <laughs> on the Sabbath, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. That man on the Sabbath, where would you find Jesus? In the church with his family. Am I right? So what did the writer of Hebrews say? Quit neglecting getting together. And I'll, I'll quote it for you. We won't go back to the last slide. Here's, here's what he says. Even more so, make sure you're in church on a regular basis as the second coming of Jesus draws closer. Are we closer to the second coming of Jesus than 2,000 years ago? Oh, well, it's okay, Pastor Mike. no big deal. It is a big deal. So let me just challenge you in a loving way. If your attendance is really spotty, you need to say to God, God, help me. Put God first, and he'll honor you, especially parents with your kids, because they learn from you what's important in your life. Now, Paul goes on. (laughs) He gives us some strange things to look at. I'm going to look at him really quick. Here we go. Warn Christ followers who are lazy and idle. That's none of you, but I just read that. What are these people? Well, we'll learn as we go through 2 Thessalonians that, remember, some of the the men thought that the rapture was coming really soon in a few days. So they quit their jobs. Seriously. And Paul will address this. They quit their jobs. And so the wife comes home and says, how are you supposed to be in work? Well, the rapture's coming. I quit my job. Well, what are we supposed to do for groceries? Oh, he's coming soon. 
Three weeks later, your kids are starving. I have nothing to feed them. Oh, he's coming soon. So Paul has to write to them, get back to work, you lazy people, because you misunderstood the whole purpose. Now, we don't have that problem. But what he's saying is, spiritually, people get lazy. And they don't use their time, their talent, and their gifts in the church. Now, thousands of you serve. You know, we have thousands of volunteers. Thank you. But sometimes people can get just a little idle or lazy about that. Get back to using your time and talents for God. Next thing he says this, encourage Christ followers who are timid. These are fearful people who lack confidence. They get discouraged easily. They get depressed because of the difficulties that we all struggle in life. And they need to be encouraged and helped by others. And sometimes you just need to be, as I said before, you see somebody and go, something isn't right. Just say, man, God will get you through this. I'm praying for you. That's why we have prayer down front at the beginning and the end of our services. Because people just need to be encouraged. You need to be encouraged. I need to be encouraged. I need people to pray for me. You see, I can be timid enough. I don't want to go up there and ask for help. And they're going to think I'm like weird. Hello, you're like every one of us. We all need that. I ask people for prayer very often. So I just want to say that. Encourage people. Be there praying for them. Here's the next one. Take care of the weak Christ followers. Now, who in the world is that? Well, these are the spiritually weak. All the people that came to Christ last week, guess what? They don't know, especially the people that came for the first time, they don't know anything really much about the Bible. They don't know about their Christian life. They find it difficult. Maybe you're here today and you got saved last week and you're going, whoa, this stuff is kind of over my head here. I just need help. Well, you can struggle with temptations. Will I ever get over them? Well, you as a mature Christian... Look for those people. When new believers come, that's why we're doing all this background on the believers that came or the people that came back to the Lord. We'll send them out a letter. I write them a letter, send them on encouragement. Come on, get yourself into a small group. Get yourself connected to one another. You do the same thing, all of us. Get there. If you brought a friend and they came to Christ last weekend, you need to be encouraging them. You need to be calling them. You need to say, come on, let's have a cup of coffee. Let's talk. I was just like you a long time ago. See, when a person comes to Christ, what are they? A baby Christian. They need help. And who's going to do that? That's why we have My Calvary, Starting Point, all those things. Make sure you're going through that. And we want to help these weaker Christians to stand up for God. And here's the last one, which is a real strange one to me. Christ followers, be patient with everyone. Now, why would Paul add that command? We're all patient all the time. Well, maybe not. What circumstances test your patience? You're driving. You're the second car and the light turned green. You're still the second car. Every other lane is going. And you're just saying, praise the Lord, hallelujah. (laughs) Am I right? No, I'm wrong. Am I right? And then, not only that, after that person goes, you get ahead of them and look back at them. (laughs) Who is that? 
You say, Pastor Mark, how do you know that? I never do that, but I hear from you. (laughs) Yeah. And what do you find them doing? No wonder. They've been texting something that long. By the way, if you live in Singapore, you already got a ticket. They have cameras everywhere. They find you texting and on your phone while you're driving, you have a ticket coming big time. I wish we'd bring that here. Then I'd be perfect. I wouldn't need patience. All right. Here's another one. You're at all the republics in your line. You find a short line. Hallelujah. And there's only one person in front of you. And you're going, what? The lines are going down. What the heck is going on here? And a person says, I can't find my coupons. <laughs> Am I right? Oh, that one's expired. Oh, so I know I have another one. I know what's okay here. Or, what was that amount? Let's see if I have the change. And of course, it's at the bottom of the purse. You women know that bottom of the purse, it's like a dark hell. You can't... <laughs> You, you can't find anything in your purse. And they finally get the change out. And all the time you're going, bless the Lord, oh my soul. I, could I invite you to church? You know, No. So we have to learn to be what? Come on. Patient with one another. Exactly. Well, how can I do that? How can I actually do that? Look at Galatians 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That verse is a verse that we all have to work at. See, it comes from the Holy Spirit, the fruit, which starts with love, and all the rest of those are just characteristics of love. Love is what helps us to be patient with everyone. Actually, by definition, love is patient. And there's somebody else that's patient. Look at this verse, Romans 2.4. Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? How many of us here are glad that God is always patient with us? Oh, man. I hear him up in heaven say, Balmer, again? Don't laugh at me. He's patient with us. Now, I want to speak to some of you. What we've been talking about are people that are Christians. But I want to show you a verse, because some of you have not accepted Christ. Or maybe you're one of those people that got off the road. Or you're sitting down, and you used to follow God, but you think he's close, but he's gone farther and farther down. You're not following him anymore. I want to show you somebody that's patient for you. That may, You need to make a reconnection with God, or you need to come to him the very first time. Look at this verse. Peter writes it. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you. He's not talking about believers. He's talking about unbelievers. How do I know that? Look at the next part. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish. That's an unbeliever. But everyone to come to repentance. How you become a believer is repent of your sins and put your faith in Jesus Christ. Today in this teaching, Pastor Mark talked about character. He told you what Scripture says about the qualities that leaders in the church should have. He also talked about how you, the congregation, should be behaving in your lives. 
you learn that there's more to being a member of a fellowship than just attending, that you need to act more like a living organism. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This completes the teaching, Biblical Truths in Action in a Church Family. Next time, Pastor Mark will begin a new message called, Our All-Knowing God Knows What He's Doing. You'll be shown God's sovereignty through the Bible stories you'll hear. You'll be reminded that God knows all and that He knows the best way to do a certain task and the best decisions to make. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.